BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome into a Monday edition of the Baseball Insiders All-Star Week MLB Draft Week. Three weeks before the big dance, the big deadline, the biggest week in Baseball Insiders dumb. But this is a pretty big one, too. And I'm so happy to be back live on the air on YouTube. We're here every Monday and Thursday, 3.30 Eastern. And it is, in fact, 3.30 Eastern on this beautiful Monday. And I'm so happy to have Robert Murray with me, as always, to break it all down. Robert, how you doing, dude? I'm great, man. Good to be finally back on the podcast. It's been a little bit, but always always a pleasure. We got plenty of good stuff to talk about today and maybe even some stuff on the trade deadline. Who knows? So Who knows? Perhaps. Uh, Jason Parker in the comments uh, already popping in to say he loves the Kyle Teal pick for the Red Sox. How could you not? We'll talk about Kyle Teal a little bit and how he stabbed me in the heart. Uh, my family holds season tickets at the University of Virginia baseball games. I root for the New York Yankees. Stinks for me. Kyle Teal also roots for the New York Yankees. We'll get into all of those draft uh, winners and losers. Uh, mostly winners, though. So far, we don't know much. We just know what looks good. Uh, we'll talk about the all-star roster, some potential all-star snubs. A lot of people end up getting onto that roster uh, during the week between the initial roster selection and the game actually being played. But a lot of the people I was eyeing as snubs are still not playing in this game. Uh, and same with you, I think. So we'll talk about that. Um, and we're going to break down where several teams stuck in the middle still stand as we approach the trade deadline. It's getting pretty tough to sort all this out. A lot of playoff spots up for grabs. A lot of teams still think they're in it. But before we get into all that, if you are not a DraftKings user and you would like to be a DraftKings user, we've got a promo for you here on the Baseball Insiders. If you are a new user, you can receive up to $150 in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. One, create an account. That's beyond simple. Although if you haven't done it yet, I guess maybe it's, it's tough for you, but it's pretty easy. Uh, then deposit some money and then wager $5 or more on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you will still receive the $150 in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code Baseball Insider when you sign up. Super easy code Baseball Insider. It's the podcast Baseball Insiders minus the S. The best part is using that code not only gets you the bonus, but it also supports the podcast. If you're considering signing up for DraftKings, definitely use our code Baseball Insider to maximize your first bets. The offer is available for new customers. 
who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states, please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. And obviously a burner asking who uh, we are betting on in the Derby. You might have to wait till the end of this for that conversation because uh, I think we got some we got some home run derby discussion queued up at the end of this, Robert. That would be accurate. I I think I'm going to go against the common grain on that one. I well that should, that being said, I, I'm picking one of the favorites. I'll give that kind of a tease, but uh, not the prime favorite. I'll give you that. <laughs> I think I am too. Um, but again, we'll get into that later. Uh, let's do the fun stuff first. Let's talk winners of last night's first round of the draft. <sighs> A lot of winners, honestly. Uh, it, for me, it ranges from obvious to slightly more under the radar. I think before we get even too deep into this, I'm going to give credit to the Pirates and Nats uh, for starting this draft off right and not overcomplicating this. Uh, the Pirates are going to have to spend a lot of money to get Paul Skeens into their system. They did it. Cruise to the Nationals. Nobody overthought it. The top two players on most draft boards end up going one and two. Nobody promises somebody a weird underslot bonus. The Pirates and Nationals just got two LSU superstars, one and two. Yes, they did. And I can provide some insight on the Pirates' selection here is that um, obviously they were connected to a lot of different people with the number one pick. I believe there was as many as five or more names connected to them. But my understanding is that going into the day of the draft, that it was Paul Skeens and Wyatt Langford who were like most prominently discussed in that building. And there was a lot of organizational support for Skeens. They think he's an absolute superstar waiting to happen. Uh, he's already very, very, very good. We're talking about the best pitching prospect to come into the majors uh, since Steven Strasburg. And as soon as that selection was made last night, I had somebody with that organization text me, we got our ace. And Skeens was the favorite from the get-go. I did not think Dylan Cruz was a serious candidate uh, to go number one, um, it was either going to be Skeens or Langford, I think. And ultimately, it was Skeens. And for for the Pirates, you, you cannot go wrong with that at all. No, you certainly cannot. Uh, Langford also had himself a pretty good College World Series, although he did not come out on top as the winner of the College World Series. Uh, but he goes fourth. And I honestly think that sending Wyatt Langford to the uh, – uh, where you know where he went and in, in deep in the heart of Texas it is a big win uh, for uh, for the Texas Rangers as well, getting an advanced collegiate bat who could have gone first overall. Uh, I also think it's just important to take a step back and realize what we're dealing with with the Texas Rangers. Um, for all of you fans of an MLB team this year, you feel kind of stuck in the mud. Maybe you're a little under 500, and you're like, well, where's the hope? Like, we could just rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. Next year's going to look the same. The Texas Rangers have the best offense in baseball. They're leading the AL West. They also had the fourth overall pick. Now, obviously, there is a lottery element to it, but they were in the lottery last year. They are one of the leading candidates to make a deep postseason run this year, and they've added to their stockpile of advanced outfielders, Evan Carter, Wyatt Langford. I, I love that pick, too. No, I absolutely do too. And like that was, he's, Langford is a really talented guy. Uh, that was, um, he was somebody that really, I think, was a serious candidate to go number one. And if it was a different year, I think he absolutely would have had an even stronger case. And um, this draft was really interesting in that regard, is there was the top five was like really, was really, really talented. After six, it was, it kind of dropped off a little bit. Um, but I think what the Rangers have done, 
uh, and getting Langford was really smart. I think Washington getting um, Dylan Cruz was smart. I know Justin is, is wondering why Washington is compiling all these outfielders. Um, it's it's kind of a similar method to what some of these other teams have done in terms of stockpiling or stockpiling talent at a bunch of different positions or at, at, at the same position, I should say. Um, you can never have enough bites of the apple. And if they end up turning out to be really good, you can end up trading them for players at different positions. Um, it gives you some sort of different flexibility and some insurance. Obviously, like they want all those guys to pan out so they can trade them for different for different positions. But um, I think for Washington here, that was obvious. They had to take Dylan Cruz. Um, I think um, exactly, Justin. That's exactly what I was thinking of there. Uh, but Dylan Cruz is the obvious candidate to go, to go number two because um, if if Cruz went number one, it would have been Paul Skeens at two. So um, hopefully that answers your question a little bit. Yeah, I think stockpiling, you know, no one is drafting. This isn't the NBA. You're not drafting for need next year or in six months. You're, you're just drafting the player who fits your scouting mold the best or if you – you know, you never know who you're going to run into in next year's class. So maybe you evaluate a shortstop better than somebody in this year and you're able to hop on what you believe to be another steal. Uh, the Yankees also stockpile shortstops. Trey Sweeney, Anthony Volpe, Oswald Peraza, Roderick Arias in the international market. They take George Lombard Jr. yesterday. Um, a young shortstop specifically, though, could be anything. A shortstop is basically just the most athletic guy on the field as a high schooler. So yeah, I mean, he could become a third baseman. If he gets too big, becomes a center fielder. The Padres just moved Tatis from shortstop to the outfield mm-hmm. at the big league level. Like sometimes that transition happens later than even the minor league ranks. Um, shortstop is basically just a stockpile of athletic freaks. Um, other positions, maybe you just, again, you just want to pile them up. Hopefully one pans out. Maybe you solve that stockpile yourself. Uh, through the development process or through trades. So you just never know. And uh, Dylan Cruz, I wouldn't worry about like, oh, why would I take another outfielder in Dylan Cruz when I could take, you know, the high school catcher? You just got to take Dylan Cruz. Yeah, you absolutely have to. Like the, to me, that was, it, as I said, it was a no brainer. Uh, he is that talented. Like we're talking about a 5-2 outfielder who can end up being a perennial all-star. Like that's that's a player you have to take. Under the radar winners, I know that you have a team that you've got your eyes on. I do want to mention, I like the Cubbies taking Shaw, uh, Matt Shaw at 13. That, that's a guy who's got a big bat in the middle infield. And talking to Jason, if you could play shortstop, you could play any position. Not sure if he's a shortstop. We'll look at the highlights of the bat. I'm not sure it matters much. I, I like the player. Um, and then Teal to the Red Sox at 14, yes. Um, Keith Law talking about how he might be a Jason Kendall type in the bigs. Sure, I guess. I mean, that's sort of a doesn't sound like a high ceiling option until you remember how effective Jason Kendall was in his wiry frame. Uh, But Teal was the best catcher in the draft. Royals needed a catcher and eighth overall. They took Blake Mitchell, a high school catcher at a Texas. Uh, People sort of anticipated he would be that second catcher taken. He became the first Red Sox had been tied to Mitchell. They go ahead and take Teal instead. He tumbles down the board directly to them. I don't think there's any way you could evaluate this pick and say it's not a win. Everyone who speaks about Teal says he's a culture fit, too. You watch him play. He plays with that unique intensity that goes beyond the box score. So even if you're unimpressed with Jason Kendall comps, how about just fiery leader with power and speed behind home plate? Like maybe we just leave it there and say good pick. 
No, exactly. And, and people forget Jason Kendall held the Pirates' record for the biggest contract uh, for however many years until Key Brian Hayes ended up breaking it. Like Jason Kendall was a very useful player. He was a very good player. And if he turns out to be Jason Kendall, I mean, that that seems like a that seems like a win. What what do you think, Adam? Yeah, I mean, Jason Kendall had an 884, 939, and 882 OPS in three years from 98 to 2000, was an all-star in two of those three seasons, uh, the last season at the age of 26. Maybe catcher, not sustainable. Maybe, you know, Teal doesn't put on 40 pounds and become Jason Veritek. Maybe he demands a trade to his childhood favorite team, the New York Yankees. You just don't know. Uh, check his Instagram. You just don't know. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, but it does seem like a home run pick for the Boston Red Sox. I know you're looking out west for another big winner in this draft, though. I, I absolutely am, and I'm going to go with the Seattle Mariners. They stockpiled some three really good players in the top 30 last night, and they like, a big reason for them being able to do that is they ended up getting a an extra draft pick for Julio Rodriguez winning the Rookie of the Year last year. And we've seen... Um, teams be really aggressive in promoting their top prospects ever since then, or basically since the new CBA, because the new CBA rewards teams for promoting their prospects. Um, and if they end up winning that rookie of the year, they get an extra first round pick. That is like further incentive. It's been a really good. It's been further incentive for these teams to promote their players. Uh, it's a really good thing for baseball. We've seen a lot of really exciting young players debut. We've seen, Teams be really aggressive in promoting their guys, like looking at you, the Atlanta Braves and Los Angeles Angels. Um, no word yet if, on if the Angels have promoted their top pro, or no word on if the Angels have promoted their first rounder from last night to the majors already. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's been crazy, but it's been a good crazy. And um, I think the, the more or the further along we go, uh, the more we're going to see these teams been, be really aggressive in promoting their guys. Yes, and they made a point on the broadcast yesterday to highlight those picks as well. I think I think MLB did a really good job of educating on what exactly has changed about the draft process. Um, they did a bad job of putting Rob Manfred front and center so he could get booed on every single pick. I don't know if that's the right idea, but every commissioner gets booed, except for that guy in the NBA who does the second-round picks, who's just sort of happy to be there, like Mark, Assistant Commissioner Mark Tatum. People seem to not really have an opinion on that guy, but the commission always gets booted. It's, it's tough. It's tough stuff for the draft. Um, yeah. Actually on that, on that note, I wanted to say, did you notice that during the draft last night that Manfred looked really, really bothered uh, <laughs> during the Astros is one yes. where he got booed like crazy. And he looked like he wanted to say something, but held back. Uh, I was waiting for him to say something. And you know, if he would have said something, it would have went viral. Uh, but to his credit, he, he did not, but he absolutely <laughs> looked bothered. Holy smokes. Yeah, what are you Seattle fans? Do you want that hunk of metal or not? Because I can put a stop to this right now. I mean, they did show, to be fair, apparently in the in the building, they showed the Jordan Alvarez home run against the Mariners in last year's postseason before queuing up that pick. So fans were booing Manfred. Fans are booing the Astros. They're getting taunted for last year's playoffs. It's a whole bunch of things. That boo was kind of next level, and he very much, yeah, you're right. He clearly wanted to say something, but ultimately held back. No, he absolutely did. And 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 Javi Baez El Mago, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm not up to date on my Spanish. Um, you're asking what Mac, what is Max Clark's comp? Yeah. I don't have a comp for you, but I know that entering yesterday, um, I talked to a few teams who thought he had the widest gap 
um, of any player in the draft. Like they thought he could go as high as one. Like if actually, I'll give you this: if the Pirates did not go with um, Paul Skeens or Wyatt Langford, there was a very, 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 very outside chance that it could end up being a guy like Max Clark. Um, and he could have also fallen as far down to as like number seven. Um, but obviously he didn't, but, um, I thought it was really interesting because that was a guy that I think a lot of people in the baseball were kind of watching to see exactly where he felt. Cause there was no like clear exact fit for him. Yeah. The comps you read online are funny. It, it ranges from like, Hey, maybe Mike Trout to like, Hey, maybe develops power late, like Mookie Betts and, Harold Reynolds on the broadcast yesterday said he felt like Mickey Moniak, which I'm not sure I've ever heard anybody reference Mickey Moniak as much as Harold Reynolds has during draft coverage the last couple of years. It's like just a guy he remembers. He's like, this guy gives me real Mickey Moniak vibes. I'm like, okay, sure. Um, but yeah, he's definitely all over the map. And uh, I, that was someone I was eyeing for the Pirates. And then when they went skeins, I was sort of pleasantly surprised. Like, oh, they played it. They played it normal. Cool. Yeah, no, I'll tell you that. That pick, um, that single-handedly made them a winner to me. Uh, Paul Skeens, obviously, like they have struggled developing aces in the past. I mean, they've had Garrett Cole, they've had a, a couple of others, but I think Skeens, um, he he's about as can't miss as you can find. And um, they, as as I said before, they feel like they got their ace. Uh, that was a home run pick, and I'm very curious to see exactly when he's going to debut because when he does, that is going to be a very very highly touted debut. Oh yeah. So yeah. Whoever remembers Strasburg's debut, like national coverage, MLB network's going to be there. They're going to be set up on the field before the game. That will be an event. And uh, speaking of events today is my favorite day of the year. Uh, Players wandering around the outfield at all-star workout day, talking to Harold Reynolds mid batting practice day, otherwise known as workout day before the home run derby. And that means some players are uh, most of the players who are there have earned their keep. There, there are a lot of players on the roster who should be on the all-star roster. A lot of players had to say, you know, no, we're not going to do it. The Braves withheld Bryce Elder and Spencer Strider. That's okay. Some pitchers have not ended up uh, falling. You know, their, their turn in the rotation fell at the wrong time. That's all right. Uh, the initial roster had a few more snubs. Obviously, one Franco apparently did not deserve it. Uh, MLB saying, yeah, we crunched the numbers and the third best player in baseball should not be on the all-star roster, but he made it now. Carlos Estevez, the Angels closer who was upset about being snubbed and was outspoken, did in fact get added to the roster. He's there as well, but it didn't solve all of my problems. Um, I would have pulled Kenley Jansen off this roster. I would have made Alex Verdugo the Red Sox representative. I would have slid Clay Holmes in there so that the Yankees had a bullpen arm. For some reason, not a lot's gone right for the Yankees, but the bullpen has, and they don't have a bullpen arm in this game. Cattell Marte, Matt McClain. I know the commissioner has picks, and he used them last year on Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols' farewell tour. Didn't want to use that pick to get Ellie De La Cruz on this year's roster. I don't know if you've uh, specifically targeted anybody, but De La Cruz, not a traditional snub, but I do feel like if there's a way to get him there, which there was, maybe you want to do that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's the most exciting player in baseball and having him in, in Seattle would have been an absolutely awesome thing. They would have added so much more buzz and it would have just been a really good thing for baseball, the Cincinnati Reds and obviously Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, um, the the argument was very strong for him to make it, um, but obviously he didn't make it this year. But with the way that he is trending, he may make the all-star team for the remainder of his career. Like we're talking about a 
very, 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 very talented player. Um, so he may not have made it this year, but um, I'm. Uh, that's another thing too. Is I, I think I said this last year with Carm. Is the All Star Game? People get worked up about snubs and whatnot. It's like it's a, a kind of a popularity contest. Yeah. I don't really pay too much attention to it. Um, it happens, um, but Cruz will make it. And here's the, the one snub that I think. I mean, I think he should have made it, but he didn't. Was Christian Yelich? He's bounced back in a big way for the Brewers, and the last couple of years, obviously, um, he has been. Um, he struggled. He's dealt with an assortment of different things, but this year his numbers resemble like eerily similar uh, to what he ended up doing during his MVP year. Um, I I think the conversation was absolutely, it should have been had that he should have been in the all-star game. He's not, but um, his presence and his, his emergence for the Brewers has made them a legit threat in the central again. And with no clear team running away with the national league, besides the Braves, of course, um, you never know. They they could be a very dangerous team, especially with that consideration, or with uh, especially with uh, with Yelich and just all their pitching staff too. Uh, their pitching, they they got the talent to end up really kind of surprising there for the National League. Yeah, and and they didn't exactly clean up in, in All Star nods. Corbin Burns was a late addition, and Devin Williams was pulled off the roster in favor of some late additions. So ultimately. It sort of goes hand in hand. Uh, you know, the two guys trade off on, on the roster. Yelich probably deserved to be honored as well. Also feel like it, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Fernando Tatis Jr., who was on that first wave of snubs. Uh, and Ken Rosenthal pointed out, um, you know, not your traditional snub. A lot of people just putting the numbers alongside other all-stars and saying, oh, come on, you know, the, the ward, you know, Tatis is 1.2 up in B-War. This was clearly about a lot more. Um, I mean, he was he was snubbed. The players snubbed him. The managers snubbed him. I don't know how many years in a row you can get away with passing judgment on his 2022 indiscretions, but considering everybody left him off their ballots, it seems like it was probably for reason beyond his play. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And uh, like I would imagine the PED suspension absolutely had to have, have had to have been the reason. Um, like. That being said, he claims that it was um, he, he ended up taking a cream because of ringworm from a bad haircut. Um, but you have like that, that's that's the that's the real story. I should say that. Um, but you have so many different resources as a player um, that you really have no excuse to end up like making that kind of a mistake. He didn't utilize those resources. He paid the price with the suspension and now he's paying the price um, with the all star snub here. That's that's I think that's the story there. And that's sort of why I'm not getting my haircut that often either. It's the summer months. I'm nervous. I don't want ringworm. I don't want to use the wrong cream. So I just might as well not go visit the barber. No, I mean, hey, your hair's still looking good, dude. I'll, I'll give you that. It always looking fresh over there. Oh, no glasses today. I don't know what I think about that. Well, they're yeah. right here. They're right here. If we do want to do the, the back half of the show, the back nine with some uh, some frames. I mean, look at that. An absolutely dapper human being right there. We love to see it. Why not? This is why you got to tune into the stream because you never know 22 minutes in. My co-host might just tell me, hey, why don't you change your look up? And I go, you know what? Fine. I will. I don't mind. I mean, since you're listening to me, you might as well just go with a mohawk. (laughs) Human clay. Hey, again, as long as it's not uh, 
ringworm forward haircut. I'll 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 look into it. We'll we'll consider it. I see. You know, that's that's probably a smart decision. Hopefully, you don't get ringworm. That'd, that'd be kind of a bad bad way to end the day. I say, yeah, it'll be gone by tomorrow. But end of day today would be pretty annoying. I'm I'm just trying to watch again. My guy Harold Reynolds walking around the outfield, being cool with the All Stars. So we'll get that locked as soon as we finish the show. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. It is important to talk about a couple of teams that have trended in different directions, uh, especially since the last time we spoke and got on the show. And <laughs> Justin wants us to talk about the trade deadline. Of course, we will. That's what we're here to do. Um, and since the last time we spoke, Mike Trout fractured his handmade bone. Uh, the Angels have slid down the standings in much the same way they did last year. Last time it resulted in the dismissal of Joe Madden. This time it might just result in the dismissal of Shohei Otani. Probably not at the trade deadline. We all know that Artie Moreno does not want to be the guy to pull that trigger. But it seemed like the Angels were going to be clear buyers about two weeks ago. Now they're treading water trying to survive the loss of one of the best players in the game. What is your current read on this sadder team without Mike Trout? It's not not great. Uh, That injury was a devastating blow, obviously. And... It makes their trade deadline decision a little bit more complicated. Is without Trout, they are a much lesser team. I think anybody can agree with that. They've fallen back. They were one and nine in their last ten games. They've really struggled, and they went from being obvious buyers to you could even make the case that they should sell. But that being said, I can't envision them selling because selling means that they're basically punting on any chance of retaining Shohei Otani. Uh, Otani wants to compete. He wants to be in the postseason. The Angels realize that, and they realize that this is their chance 
and their their biggest chance to retain Shohei Otani. Um, and I know people are wondering if Otani could end up being a trade candidate this year. You've seen some buzz about it on Twitter, but Artie Moreno does not want to be the owner who is responsible for trading Shohei Otani. That would be not good. Um, that'd be <laughs> that. I just don't envision any scenario in which Otani is moved. Um, if they do sell, I mean, you can look at pieces. I mean, they could even trade like Hunter Renfro. They recently acquired uh, Mike Mustakas and Eduardo Escobar, who are on expiring contracts. So maybe they can do that. Um, but I envision them still being buyers despite this little drop off here. Um, but they are, I, I just can't envision Otani going anywhere. I think, as I said before, and I'll say it again, we should just get that thought out of our, out of our heads right now. I think it's important that everybody remembers, like, you can put together whatever trade package you want for Shohei Otani. It's not going to be enough. It's Shohei Otani. So whatever team does not acquire Shohei Otani in a Shohei Otani trade is ripping off the Angels. The Angels are getting less value for for Otani in a deal than they would be getting from even two months of Otani. Um, I don't know. It's 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 tough to, tough to pull the trigger. You are getting pieces that are not going to add up to the whole, no matter what you do. No, exactly. And if, if the, the Angels should have traded Otani last year, they they absolutely were listening at one point and then they just shut down everything. Um, the time was last year to trade him because they would end up getting a haul bigger than Juan Soto. I, I'm pretty I feel pretty decent about that. Um, I don't think that was a, a Perry Manassian thing. I think that was an Artie Marino thing. Um, but, yeah, that, that's that that's a tough one. Um, and they could have really positioned themselves to be big. Uh, or they could really position themselves to be like a prominent, like contending team moving forward if they ended up making that trade because of all the top prospects they would have gotten. But now they're going to get something. If well, if they end up losing Otani in free agency, they're going to get a draft pick in return, and that is compared to what they have, could have gotten a huge punch in the face. Yeah, the return just keeps decreasing in size. How small can it get? Stay tuned. Good job, Artie Moreno. Um, everybody wants to talk trade deadline. Uh, you and I have been going back and forth on this for a few weeks, a few episodes now. It is really tough to know who is going to sell this year. Um, it honestly has not gotten much clearer defined for me than it did the first month of the season when we were like, White Sox, market down, Cardinals, market down, those are sellers. And since then, I haven't even really, and, and you know, Royals and A's. Okay, obviously the Royals are already getting rid of Royals Chapman and uh, talking bullpen pieces. But since then, it has not really clarified any further. There are still so many teams in this. Some teams who you traditionally say would be obvious buyers are kind of stuck in the mud at 500 right now, and they'll probably buy anyway, but it's not obvious. Um, seeing in the comments, you know, Javi Baez, Elmago saying U-Haul trucks scheduled for the Sox. Which Sox? I mean, White Sox for sure, but the Red Sox, I don't know if any. I don't know who believes in them. Who believes they're real wild card contenders? Just because they swept the A's, but they're a, a they're two games out of a playoff spot right now. They're a game behind the Yankees in last place. Like Kike Hernandez might get DFA, but they're not selling. I mean, I don't think we're able to say who these are buyers, these are sellers right now. But it's important just to kind of speak on it so everybody knows. This the next week or ten days after the break is going to be crucial in defining this. Still, we still don't know. No, we don't. And the the list of teams that I think will buy at this point go as follows: You have the Rays, you have the Orioles, Blue Jays, Yankees, Rangers, Astros, Braves, Marlins, Phillies, Reds, Brewers, 
Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and Giants. That is all we basically know at this point. It is one big mystery on what exactly this deadline is going to look like. I know there's plenty of people in baseball right now who think we're going to lack star power that has moved at the deadline, and it's just going to be a series of like tier two moves. Um, obviously, that can change in the next week or so. Because like I think the next seven to ten days are really going to determine what exactly this deadline looks like. Um, but man, oh man, the trade 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 or the trade deadline talk is really going to heat up after the All Star break as well. The indication I got leading into the All Star break was that the market was relatively quiet and that the Royals were the most active team in aggressively trying to move a Roldis Chapman. Uh, I know they've had conversations about Scott Barlow. Um, I think the Dodgers are a good fit there. Um, but other than that, it's just, it's been quiet because a lot of these teams don't know what they're going to do. But once these teams do figure that out, all hell could break loose. Uh, and as I said, don't prepare for a big move, at least not quite yet. Um, but there could be plenty of, of other moves coming. That That is for sure. Well, if you had a role to Chapman on your roster, why wouldn't you be desperate to move him? I would want that guy out of my locker room the second I signed him. So smart move by the Royals. Hey, they signed him and to try to flip him at the deadline, and boy, did it work. Um, that was a very savvy move by that front office. Like He he legitimately was a stud for them, um, and he, they could rely on him. Um, I know he, had, he was really trying to repair the reputation that he ended up having uh, when he left the Yankees, did a good job of that. Um, and now he's with the Rangers and there's a strong argument that he should end up being the closer there, but, um, so far so good for sure. And you and I love connecting the Brewers to the Dodgers and trade packages and perhaps that eventually finds its way to the finish line, but not this summer. It doesn't look like the Milwaukee Brewers are right in that race and they appear to have no intention of giving up on the central. No, I would, I would be stunned if they ended up selling anything uh, they were um i even as of a couple months ago i heard that they had no plans on selling because they really wanted to be mindful of that locker room and what ended up happening last year with the josh Hader trade is they don't want to make the same mistake twice um and i can't envision willie adamas or corbin burns or any of those kind of guys going anywhere maybe in the off season or maybe next trade in line that can end up being a more prominent conversation but um i think the brewers are in buy mode right now not not in sell mode yeah, Dodgers, you wanted Willie Adamas. Best we can do for your middle infield, Labor Torres. Want him to play second base? I don't know. Got my eyes on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this. Like, people keep speculating Tim Anderson with the Dodgers. I don't think so. I would not. I'm not paying much attention to that one. Very interesting, to say the least. Yeah, it's it, pretty interesting is what we do. It's, uh, we'll have plenty more in a little insight like that. If you week. don't leave the show saying this was pretty interesting, we have not accomplished our goal. We want you to say either pretty interesting or better than that. But pretty interesting, I think we'll take it. Oh, oh absolutely we would. Yeah, pretty interesting, yeah. If, if people say that about me or the, some of the comments that we say, then it's been a successful podcast. That is for certain. That's what I want the fans saying about the Home Run Derby tonight, too. Adolis Garcia and a Rosa Reina in the first round. Lewis Robert against Adley Rutschman. Pete Alonso versus the hometown Seattle boy, Julio Rodriguez. And Mookie Betts, who won in a power surge before the break against Vlad Jr. It's an incredible group. I am tempted. Is this wimping out? Let's leave that to the jury to say. Um, I think the winner of Adolis Garcia and Randy Rosa Reina is my winner of the Derby. 
I'm not sure who wins that first round matchup, but whoever does, I think they win the whole thing. What say you? <laughs> That's not the direction I thought you were going in because you didn't you, in the rundown. You didn't put your prediction. I was I was waiting to see. I'm going to go with a more common pick, I guess. Uh, I'm going with Vlad Jr. I really, really, really wanted to say Julio Rodriguez just because, um, I mean, that's the Seattle guy. That's her homegrown star. But it's really tough to end up doing that um, in your own ballpark. So I'm I'm thinking Vlad Jr. Um, but I, I sneaky really like your underdog pick there. I don't know what the odds are on that, but um, not a bad bet. I like Randy a lot. I think the flair for the moment is important. But again, he might get accidentally taken out in the first round by Adolis Garcia, in which case that is my victor pick. Although I'm always wrong. But if you want to bet me or you want to bet against me, create that DraftKings account. The promo code again is Baseball Insider right there on the screen, bottom right corner. Get your $150 in bonus bets instantly if you bet $5 on any sport, win or lose as long as you're in a legal gambling state physically present in one of those new customers only 21 plus please remember to always gamble responsibly and please check this episode description for full terms of the offer that is it for this big old episode returning on the baseball insiders for another beautiful week three weeks to go before the deadline two months to go before i have to move apartments let's just say i'm anticipating the trade deadline a little more happily than I am packing up all my junk and putting it in boxes. I'll tell you, man, as somebody who just moved within the last few months, it, it reeks. So Godspeed brother, get a mover. That makes life a whole (laughs) lot easier. Um, But Hey, we appreciate everybody tuning into the baseball insiders today. We got plenty more insight to come in the next couple of weeks, especially when the trade deadline talk heats up. um, And as we get more answers, so make sure you tune in for those, Adam, I appreciate you as always, my friend. I appreciate you, dude. This is not a show without you. Thanks so much for all that you're able to drop. If you are enjoying the show, you're in the comment section, you're with us on YouTube. We'd love if you could leave us a review on your podcast platform, your preferred one. We got a great five-star review a couple weeks back that is titled, it's a five-star review, remember, this person likes us, and it's titled, A Burner. And it's for you, obviously, A Burner. Five stars, great show, always lots of fun. Give us a break, whether this is Carm or a relative or whomever. Please stop incessantly talking directly to him. It's annoying. Thanks. So obviously a burner. You got us in hot water with some of our reviewers, but not enough hot water that they also didn't five star us. So that is how it's done. If you want to be like that guy and say, I love the show, but never interact with one specific commenter, you're able to do that. Just please drop us those five stars of the process. Yeah, please do, because that, that's, yeah, I, we, we love five stars. Obviously, Burner, we do love you. Um, so, that, yeah, if you could leave a comment, that'd be huge. We love him, whether he's Carm or whether he's somebody else. At first, I thought they were saying in the review, stop talking direct. Robert should stop talking directly to me. And they thought I was Carm. And I'm like, I'm not Carm. I'm not his relative. I don't know what's going on. But, yes, no, it was talking directly to, to you, the comment section. But we're never going to stop doing that. We're going to keep talking to the comment section. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's our lifeblood. We, we love doing it. Um, and we will see everybody again on Thursday. Thanks so much for tuning in, y'all. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.